The PM Growth Experts podcast show is hosted by Darren Hunter and Dennis Youssef from Inspired Growth Training, who work with PM Growth Experts from around the globe. If you're signing up 20 to 30 managements a month, that's great. If not, speak with us. Hi, it's Darren Hunter here, and we are with Dennis Youssef. This is the PM Growth Experts podcast show. The original recording, of course, done as a video podcast, but of course you can listen on iTunes and as well as Podbean if you are on Android. Now, today we have Natalie South, who is a BDM all the way from Brisbane. Hi, Natalie. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, just before we get into um, into the show, uh, Natalie South is a BDM with Harcourt Solutions, which is based in Everton Park in Brisbane, Queensland, of course, here in Australia. Now, um, Natalie has got some really impressive results. She signed up 270 new managements in the last 12 months. The average rent she's dealing with is $490. For our Americans, that is around about uh, $2,100 a month in rent, well done. Um, and Natalie, you said last month you did 32 new managements. The months before you did 29. It's been doing around about 25 a month. That is huge. Well done. Very good Thank numbers. you. All right. Now, before we, we go, let's just do a quick plug for one of our exclusive partners, the one and only EBM Landlord Insurance. Now, Dennis and Natalie, you're probably seeing that there's a bit of change happening in the evolution of renting in Australia. And I remember working in property management right back in the 90s and tenants very much had cats and dogs and, and a lot of owners wouldn't allow pets into properties. Now they don't have dogs and cats anymore. They've got fur babies. And uh, there is very much the push for Australia of um, uh, you know, obligating owners to accept pets. Now that is uh, some very serious talk of legislation in Victoria at the moment. I can just see the next domino to go down is going to be New South Wales, probably Queensland following being very solid renting states. But the whole point is you need to make sure as things are changing that you are recommending the right landlord insurance to owners that has pet cover. Now, EBM Landlord Insurance does cover pets. Have a chat to them. Go to rentcover.com.au about that. But what you need to make sure is this. Do not allow your owners to say, yes, they've got landlord insurance, and then finding out later that they've got a bank-sourced landlord insurance or even worse, a supermarket-sourced landlord insurance they're going to have right cover. So chat to the people at EBM Landlord Landlord Insurance. Go to rentcover.com.au. Dennis, over to you. Well, just on EBM Landlord's Insurance, Darren, um, obviously I've just rented out my property and I wasn't aware that they actually um, have different levels of packages that you can do as well. Um, and one is building cover. So um, I think that's quite handy. You know, while living in the house, you, you tend to always have, you know, your tenant, your, sorry, your um, okay. house and contents insurance as one company. So that's quite handy. So having EBM insurance, once you've moved out, obviously you're changing your contents to your, your tenant, your landlord insurance. So I thought that was um, quite handy, which is a good point of difference for them as well. So um, yeah, Nat, thank you very much for coming on board. So um, I've been watching your progress over the last 12 months and uh, you've certainly impressed me. 
Um, it was great having you on board at our conference this year as well. And then watching your videos, um, hopefully we get to talk about some of them today during the questions. But um, before we get into all of that, why did you join real estate? Like, were your parents in real estate and you wanted to, you know, be like mum and dad or what was it? What, what got you into real estate? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Dennis and Darren, first of all. Um, look, I actually fell into real estate. So I was originally in a, a team leader role for a debt collection company. Um, and I moved to the north side of Brisbane. Um, and my neighbor worked as a sales agent in real estate and said to me, um, I said I was looking for a change, something a little bit more challenging. And he'd said to me, look, I want you to meet with my principal. I think you'd really suit a real estate role. Um, I met with Martin, which is our principal now. And within about 10 minutes of meeting with him, I'd resigned from my job and I was a sales agent um, in the Mitchelton office. And then from there, I moved into property management with my mother-in-law, um, which was at the Gold Coast, um, a little bit too far to travel. And we achieved what we wanted to achieve in that 14 months. I self-taught myself property management in that time. And then I basically rang Martin and Sal back up from Solutions and said, I'm looking to make a move back to Brisbane. You know, what have you guys got for me? And I was employed that day in this business development role. And that was um, coming up to two years ago. So 22 months ago now. Okay, so you've been at BDM for 22 months mm -hmm. and your listing average 25 a month. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty extreme. That's awesome. That's just, just so you know, that's, that's um, I mean, I was by all means not the best BDM, but you're doing better numbers in your second year than I was. So, uh, like, massive congratulations. That's, that's a huge achievement. I know you've got some sales background, and as you know, it's the same position, it's just different wording. So, um, and that's where a lot of people struggle. So, you've nailed that, got that early. So, I mean, wow, well done. So, tell us a bit about your marketplace, like your office and stuff. Like, what's the, you know, um, the demographics like? We actually service a really big marketplace because we do have four offices. Um, so we service, we're in like about 10Ks out of Brisbane CBD and we service north to North Lakes and then south to Macrobat East. So we probably service 20 to 25 kilometres around our Everton Park office because we do have three other offices. So yep. I don't necessarily specialise in a specific marketplace or have a certain demographic I work with. Um, I'm more focused on having a process and good marketing that allows me to then rent properties in a really broad range of suburbs without that local agent becoming an objection that I have to come up against. Yeah, okay. I mean, even if it's not you physically that's in that office, it doesn't matter. You've got the position there anyway. That's exactly right. When yeah. people ask me where I work out of, my response is always the same. We have four offices, Everton Park, Inner City, The Gap and Mitchelton. I never say our rentals office is based out of X office because then that may become an issue for them. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's good. I mean, it's good that you've got your script up there ready to go because you've got to be mindset ready whenever you go into a, um, a presentation, as you know. Just like Absolutely. Darren, before this um, recording, you had to get into the zone, didn't you, Darren? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get my head into the zone and out of tasks that I was doing before, so, uh, yeah. And, and it's true, so, um, you know, it, it, if I can just touch on getting into the zone, a lot of people don't realise the effort that it takes into actually going into a presentation. Yes, it, 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 it becomes so natural when, you, when you're going into a home, but you really have to do, be prepared for any question that comes up. But, you know, you could be in a cranky mood, you could be upset, you've just gotten off the phone from your partner, had an argument or, or whatever, or you've read an email or whatever the case. 
for you need to get into that zone. And I shared at the conference um, in July, I used to listen to Queen, you know, we were <laughs> and that got me, I don't know how, but, you know, so uh, it, it is important. Have you got anything? What's your go-to music or is it a, a saying that you say? What's your, you know? Yeah, actually, I don't have anything specific that I do, but I always make sure um, that when I get to the property, I have at least five minutes to pull up in the car, re-look through the comparable market analysis, like get my head focused on what suburb I'm in, what examples do I have in terms of what I've rented around here recently. Um, it's really important that you're not getting there like a minute or two before and you're rushing into that appraisal. You really need to have looked at your content and make sure that you're across where you are and who you're dealing with before you go into that appraisal. So Darren's happy because he's hearing time management. <laughs> I'm also hearing, I'm hearing also that you're making sure that you're the expert and you're prepared with your information because if you're going in fully knowledgeable about what's going on in that exact market, then you're going to get the kudos over the next BDM that's got no idea. Absolutely. Certainly are. Look, time management and Dennis, we, we didn't quite get on. I thought Lats, I thought Lake meant latte, but, um, you know, uh, look, I was always prepared if I was running late from one appointment to the other. Uh, I mean, Nat, you're, you're listing, how many properties are you doing a month? I'm going to segue these questions together. Yeah, look, we're doing somewhere between 25 to 30 a month, and that's been gradually increasing um, over the last 12 months. So it started at 20, and then it's yeah. gradually been progressing. Okay, so how many presentations would you be carrying out on average a week or a day? On a weekly basis, I do somewhere between um, around 10 to 12 a week. So I would love to be doing um, three a day, um, but it does, it probably averages at more so two a day. Sure, okay, but if you're gonna get to a point, obviously you're very hungry. I've seen your goals where you, you wrote on that post for your goals of what you'd like to list for next year and even finish this year out. Mm -hmm. you know, so you need to get to three to four a day and do stuff like that. And there's going to be times where you will be pushed, you know. Um, I'd go on a holiday. Um, I'll just share with you both. And no one would do presentations. I'd have a two-week holiday. And then I would come back to six presentations a day for the first week. Yeah. It is nuts, right? It is nuts. Yeah. But, you know, so... Um, and, and by all means, I, I see you listing big numbers, Natalie. I really do. And... Um, and be prepared to be late for a unfortunately. But I'm impressed to hear, and I was talking about, I can see you processing that, that time management stuff, Darren, when Nat was saying get there early, this, that, and the other. Um, that is really important. And it's good because normally most salespeople, their time management skills, terrible. Very terrible. So if you can get that down pat, that's really good. So, okay, so when you first joined real estate, mm -hmm. no doubt, I'm sure you can remember that first day on the job when you in, right? You're just about to open that front door on the first day, but someone taps you on the shoulder and it's you giving yourself advice. What would you tell yourself? What would you, you know, what advice would you give yourself as you're walking into that door the first time again? Yeah, definitely. Look, um, in terms of advice, um, and this is advice I got given, so in hindsight, if I hadn't known it myself, um, but advice I was given that's really worked for me and I would pass that on to my future self if I could do it all over again was do more of what you're good at. So if you're not good at making cold calls, then don't do cold calls. If you are good at building relationships and getting referrals, 
then focus on building relationships and getting referrals. Um, if you're better at closing deals face-to-face, -face, make sure you get face-to-face -face with every single person you can speak to. If you can close them on the phone, that's a more time effective, close them on the phone. So do more of what you're good at would be my piece of advice rather than doing what everyone tells you you should be doing. Yeah, well done. So can I ask what, what, what is yeah. it? <laughs> Mine's referrals. So uh -huh. building, building long-term relationships with people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, providing a really good service from A to Z and then it's just completely streamless that there's no way those people can't recommend you when they're talking to someone or have some sort of real estate needs. And that's from renting and selling. So um, I had a client recently that was referred to me from our sales team and she, we went to rent her property. We secured her a tenant and she decided to pull it off the market. Nearly a thousand dollar a place, a thousand dollars a week in Inogra. Um, she actually rang me about a month ago to say, Hey Nat, we're now looking at selling. Who should we speak to? So just being, you, you know, that go-to person for anything real estate. Okay, that's really good. Yeah, well yeah. done. It's good that she felt comfortable to come back to you. Nat, you, you certainly come across as a really good business person, like you do. You, you know, you, you've got some authority in your, your voice, you're clear, <laughs> you're precise. Um, and, you know, it's interesting that you love those connections because connecting with people, gaining their trust, has got to be one of the most important things to do for a BDM and that's where they struggle the most. They're always waiting for the phone to ring or doing stuff. But if that's something that you're really keen on and building those pipelines, massive congratulations. You know, you really want to go places. So Nat, let's say you were to go out on your own. You're gonna mm -hmm. start off from scratch. All mm -hmm. or, or the office that you're currently working with, whatever the case, just step in, they've employed you to build a rent roll from zero. There is mm -hmm. zero doors. Mm -hmm. What would you Three key areas of yep. your growth strategies be? Absolutely. Um, look, number one would definitely be building relationships with people like for us buyers agents um, that don't have a rent role, that they don't necessarily always want something in return. They just want someone to look after their clients yep. because that is a, a re recommend, like a referral recommendation of them. Um, so they just want to make sure that their clients looked after. So buyers agents without rent roles are a massive one. Um, surprisingly enough, I work with a buyer's agent that's in Melbourne. Um, now they give up, gave us over the last 12 months, a very large portion of business, which would be surprising because you think it would mostly be buyer's agents based in Brisbane buying in this area, but it's actually not. And they're the ones that don't have the rent rolls. So they're really a really good source of business. Okay. For Before you, yeah, that's really good. Before we go to your point two and three, just to clarify for our overseas, um, listeners, a buyer's agent is a real estate person that all they do is assist purchasers in buying properties. They're actually not a real estate company. So there are people in Australia, and I'm fairly certain there are in New Zealand as well, Darren, um, that all they do is help people buy property. We call them a, a buyer's advocacy or buyer's agents. They are, there are you know, very much well-established companies that just act as an agent or a realtor for the purchaser and uh, it's certainly a very popular way and boy if you can tap into uh, getting leads from uh, a buyer's agent um, way to go yeah so they don't list properties for sale they don't um, manage properties as all all they purely do is work with other um, sales agents or realtors as you would say in the us in um, selling properties for them 
And the real good ones also work out what's a really good investment too. You know, that they can say, hey, look, we, re we recommend you need to be buying this, this, and this, and they then go out and help them source those properties. So, you know, there are some very good buyers agencies around. Yeah, so the, uh, number two. Uh, number two would be definitely um, working with a brand standard. So consistently having the same brand standard in terms of your marketing and the message you're delivering for you and your office. Um, so for me personally, um, I have a brand standard for my marketing package. And if an owner doesn't want to invest in that marketing package because we don't pay for marketing, then I just simply say to them, look, I'm probably not the right agent for you. Um, because a lot of people do do their online research at the moment and they, they're, they're more clued up tenants and landlords than ever. I want to make sure that whenever someone looks at my properties online, they've got a consistent message in what I'm delivering. And that also makes sure that I can deliver tenants the best possible campaign to get them to rent the property. So it works for me, it works for the landlord and it works for the tenants. Yeah, well done. So can I just ask on that, are you leasing properties as well? Are you finding them the tenant or are you pure BDM? Yeah, no, so we look after the client from the initial meeting right through to marketing, vetting and securing. Once we've secured a tenant and the property's rental ready, then I hand it over to the property management team to look after the day-to-day -day management from there. I don't do all the leasing myself. I've got an amazing team member that works with me um, and she does the admin side of things for me. All my packs are ready when I go to appraisals. She does the leasing, but I do all of the owner communication. So you're not personally going to the property and doing the viewings? Um, sometimes, but most of the time it would be Mary. Um, I do, we alternate through Saturdays and if it's an after hours one or maybe the first one or like I just had a thousand dollar a week, a property, mm -hmm. the owner yep. specifically wanted me to do the leasing, which I was completely fine with. We rented it after the first open night. So, so Natalie, just confirming you, you've got a structure there just allows you just to focus only on the selling and what you do best. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because it allows you to do your 25, 30 a month. If you are then bogged down with administration, I couldn't then, do then it. You're going to be doing a lot less. We see that a lot, don't we, Dennis, with officers that the BDMs are held back with administration. They're held back with part time property manager duties. They're held back with um, all sorts of things. And, and then the officers wonder why these BDMs aren't doing some serious numbers. Yeah, I mean, we've, yeah. we've obviously done a recording and we've done some. Uh, an article on this as well. And it's, uh, it certainly is one of because they do get bogged down. I mean, you know, Natalie, you know, if you all of a sudden had three, four staff that was sick, no doubt that you would have to go back and maybe help property management. You know, um, sometimes I would have to run in and do ingots. Yeah, see, I'm I'm lucky. I don't do any. There's no property management duties that. Um, I would do and that comes back to you know doing what you're good at so I'm yeah. not good at admin I'm not good at technology um, it takes me what Mary can do in one minute would take me five minutes literally so it would totally. be silly silly for me to try and do it she does totally she's, get it. yeah she's good at what she's good at I'm good at what I good at and we make sure that we spend our time doing those things no no well done that's really good I mean um, paperwork and myself I mean my attention to details not too bad but um, yeah, I do the sign up, fill in a um, what we call a um, checklist management checklist, and I'll, yeah. I wouldn't even enter it into the data. There's no data entry. No, I'll just give it across to um, somebody and let them do it all. You know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well done. That's really good. Okay. So, bank calls you up. Mm -hmm. That Monday was only two. Is that all right? Beg your pardon. Oh, that yes. Got one more. Yes. What's your third one? So the first one's. Yep. Okay. Go. Yep. 
Yeah, um, the third one would be wowing them from the initial um, interaction. So we know whenever we get a call in or we get an email or a lead, whether it's if they don't get through to me from someone in the office, they immediately get what we call um, a blue box. And it has a, a, a templated email with a copy of our landlord insurance, a copy of our stats, our value proposition, some information on smoke alarms that immediately goes out to the client saying, thank you for your call. Natalie, your area expert, will be in contact by Close of Business today. So they've called in, they've immediately got communication for our, from our office. I would then call and then a follow-up process from there. So really wowing the client from the get-go because they've probably called three or four offices. But if you've, they've called, they haven't got through to you, but they've already automatically received correspondence with some information for them to look through. Um, I also, at that stage, we send a link to our Facebook page and ask them to pop over there and have a little bit more of a look. That's a way of almost um, floating about yourself without actually doing it because you've got your client reviews on there, your testimonials, your videos and that sort of stuff. Yeah, well yeah. done. Good job. Videos is very important. Do you have any, um, just off curiosity, any um, video testimonials? No, it's something I've been trying. I've asked for plenty, um, but getting them is, a, you know, another thing. I'm trying to get one off my buyer's agents I work with in Melbourne at the moment because my goal is to recruit another five buyer's agents. Yeah. Um, because once you buyer's agent's business is really good because they trust the buyer's agent. So you don't have to really pitch for the business. The business is already pitched for you. So it's a pretty easy conversion. Look, you've certainly done really well because most of the buyer's agents that I know normally give the management to the company that it's being purchased from. So mm -hmm. you to tap into that, huge congratulations. But um, the best way to get a testimonial on video, if I could just share with you, mm -hmm. is literally grab your phone yeah <laughs> do it there and then just don't give them a choice that's um, actually yeah you just got to do it there and then hey that was really nice really appreciate those kind words can you just like say that again and then go bang record yeah don't, <laughs> make them, don't let them think okay just yeah. say no when we have coffee what do you think i'm going to be doing to you okay? yeah absolutely <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So, um, yeah, well done. That, that's really important. I mean, um, Darren, you know, I've got a two-hour session on, um, I actually did this for the Harcourts um, um, Victoria uh, only a couple of weeks ago. It's about gaining trust before the presentation, you know, because, you know, you've already alluded to it. You were talking about people have done their homework, you've already seen um, who you are, how you market properties. Dennis, we've actually got that full recording in the Inject Growth series as well. So if anyone interested, go to inspiredgrowthtraining.com, go to the Inject Growth series. It's a, we've got around about over 30 hours of uh, training content there to have a look at. One of those is, is what Dennis is talking about. Yeah, it's so important to gain their trust. They've already done their homework on you. So if you can personalise it, the blue box you called it, um, sending them some testimonies to have a look at, that's just confirming you are the market leader. That's just brilliant work. So, you know, well done on that, and especially having the videos because they can catch your personality and who you are and listening to you, having you here, you can tell you're a market leader. So, yeah. Okay, so if, I'll go to the next question now. So the bank, mm -hmm. you know, you turn up to work, your boss taps you on the shoulder, um, the bank's just rang him and said, look, if you don't get 10 management this week, we actually have to close the doors, you're going to be out of a job. What do you do? Mm -hmm. um, look, I'd go back to that referral base um, strength that I have. So I've worked with over, I've worked with nearly 460 landlords over the last 22 months. Um, so I'd probably give all, I would give all of those a call and say, guys, you know how phenomenal the, the experience was with our agency. 
I need X amount of properties over the next period. Who have you got that you could give me right now that has a property that I could call and potentially? I like it. It's very confident, very confident wording. Who have you got right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Darren, can you, can you sense the work? She knows her work here. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can feel it. We can see that. Very confident, which is um, it, it's certainly you know really impressive to um, to hear. So you know, well done on that. That's um, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's certainly not easy to come by. To come, you know, we, it's rare we come across BDMs that um, really know their work. You certainly believe that you know the property managers you've got behind you are the best. You believe in your brand, you believe in your product, and it's and it does make it easier to sell your services when you're in front of the client. Absolutely, I believe um, the brand, the product, the process, the service we offer. I believe in the fees we offer in comparison to our market, which is well and truly higher above the average. Um, but yeah, you're right. Having a good property management team, having a good process, having good results, that allows me to have that confidence. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't like wine. I can't stand wine. I know I'm bringing up alcohol, but most property managers and real estate agents can relate to it. If, if you were to ask me, why should I buy a bottle of wine? I would struggle selling it. I can sell ice to Eskimos, but I would struggle selling ice. Um, wine to anyone to buy but you talk about vodka you talk about tequila some nice spirits that i like and bob's your uncle i'll tell you how to buy a coffee from you know and it certainly makes it easier when, when you do believe in, in that so you know it's just another example of it so now you know what what would be your you know your biggest rent roll growth strategies that you've got in place that that potentially brings in 80 percent of the business that's coming in you know, for your office at the moment. So what would be the three biggest rent operate strategies? Yeah, we've definitely, um, I, I don't necessarily get 80% of my business from one source, um, but mm. I do get it from three main sources. So mm. one, obviously buyers agents, they're a really good source. Um, two is sales agents. We have a big sales team, um, but I've got six um, top referring sales agents that I know always think of me like you've got sales agents and then you've got your sales agents that you know when someone mentions mentions investment or property management that they think of you um i've got about six of those people i'm 100 percent confident wouldn't miss an opportunity for me um and then a lot of client referrals nice yeah, yeah, well done. That's really good. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. All right, Natalie, a question for you now. Um, your uh, in a listing presentation, the owner says, look, you know, why should I go with you? I can just simply go with the other agency down the road. How are you different? A lot of agencies can't answer this question. Um, so mm -hmm. how do you say, look, Mr. Mr. Owner, we are different. What are your, say, your three main points of difference? Um, look, when we talk about main points of difference, um, marketing and the process. So the process we have in marketing your property um, and the outcome we can achieve will vary depending on the agent you use. We've got a very detailed marketing package that allows us to get the most amount of people through the front door. The more people we have through the front door, the more competition we can create, which generally drives the price up. And it also gives you a really good option in terms of what tenant you choose. So one, you get a premium price. Two, you've got more options in terms of who your tenant is. And three, they're probably going to be a little bit more flexible with their moving date because of the competition, which is going to reduce your vacancy period. Okay, well, um, that's good because I think they only really care about the big three, which is best rent, best tenant, quickest possible time. You're already off to a great start. So, Natalie, what else do you impress them with as well? 
Look, also the second thing we talk about is the property management team. Um, so the way in which we're structured, we're not a pod-based property management team. Sorry, we're not a portfolio-based property management team. We are a pod-based property management team. So we talk about how we'll look after them from the initial meeting. And then a property management team looks after the day-to-day -day management from there. Now I explain the pros and cons of having a portfolio-based one. And then I explain the pros of having a pod-based one in terms of um, always having someone that knows you, your property and your tenant. So if they were to go on leave or leave the business, um, then you've still got someone that knows your property. And, and so a lot of... You've got a pod-based team. So you, it's really for our, our listeners out there and our viewers, it's a task-based team. So just in a nutshell, tell us about what sort of tasks are people specialising in? How is the structure of the team set up? Yep. So look, we have a property manager executive and they're the client's main point of contact. Yes. Um, so when we do the handover, they ring, introduce themselves to the landlord. Then depending on what the size of the portfolio is, depending how many people are assisting in that team. So there's always one fully qualified property manager. Um, and then there's also some of the teams have a third property manager. One team has a full-time third property manager. Another team has someone that's four days a week. And then the other two portfolios just have a second property manager. Okay, so uh, is, for example, the second and third property managers just doing repairs and maintenance or just doing inspections or if you've got one person that's just assigned speaking to the owners, what are the other property managers doing? Look, it does vary in every property management portfolio depending on what their strengths are um, and that's not necessarily something I'm sort of across in terms of what they're doing um, because it does depend like PM1. They, they mostly have someone that does the routine inspections and then also the entry condition reports. And then you've, got, you've always got one person in the office. So real, I couldn't say specifically what task they have. Yeah. It's yeah. different for each team. I was actually working with a, a company um, a few days ago in regional New South Wales and uh, they had a, a pod-based or a task-based team. And the issue they had, they had all Indians and no chiefs. So one person wasn't taking accountability and they were passing accountability off to someone else. And so really one person wasn't taking uh, accountability in charge or authority with dealing with, that, with those owners. So I, certainly anyone out there considering the task-based model, you've got to have that one person dealing with the owners and accountable to the owners. Um, and you know, you just got to make sure that functions there. So, all right, any other points of difference, Natalie? Um, they're definitely the, the two most um, important and the two I go into the most detail about. Okay. All righty. Well, let, let's move on now. Okay. Owner says to you, well, I can just jump in. What I like about that is that you're not relying on your franchise group. It, it's about the systems and procedures and, and, and your real points of differences in there. So well done on that. I think that's good. I mean, we, you know, um, you know, Harcourt is a great brand. They've got great systems. Darren and I have both spoken at their conferences, done a lot of work with them. Done a lot of work with Harcourt. Yeah. But you're not relying on that brand, that name to win the business. So yep. well done. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's an added bonus. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Natalie, owner says to you, if you can match your management fee with the other agent down the road, we'll go with you. How do you, uh, how do you overcome that and walk out with your full management fee? Yeah, absolutely. So look, in terms of fees, they're normally one of the last things I touch base on in an appraisal. Um, so my appraisals go somewhere between 45 to 60 minutes from when I walk in to when I walk out. Um, so we talk about landlord insurance, we go full detail, smoke alarms, a little bit about our company. I've got a value proposition, which we go through in terms of the market, the marketing, 
days on market impacting price, the team structure. So by the time we get to the comparable market analysis, we talk about what's rented rather than comparing to what's on the market. And then we go through a full form six. Fees are generally not an objection I have to come up against a lot of the time because I've been able to show my value in that first 45 minutes of the appraisal that when we do get to that fee conversation, if they are to come back to me and say, look, we've got another agent that's 7.7% um, and you're 8.8% or whatever it might be, I'll just break it down into like a dollar figure. So look, completely understand that fees are important to you. However, when we consider what we are in comparison to, um, you know, our competitors in the market, it's normally about a half a percent. So your property is going to rent for say $500 a week. That's going to be the difference of $2.50 a week. Um, yeah, well we only have to secure you a tenant three days earlier before we're going to start to make you, you money from there. And look, I'm, I'm confident that we're definitely going to be the best team to get you the best price out of the market. Yeah, that's if, great. Great response. So that's half a cup of coffee a week, Mr. Owner. Yeah. And uh, a lot, I know a lot of property managers aren't good at math, so they don't realise what the actual dollar difference is. And if the property manager doesn't realise it, the owner doesn't realise it. So I think we've just got to dispel the myth. And how do you find, Natalie, when you do have that conversation, how surprised are owners to find out how small the dollar difference really is? Yeah, look, I don't think they realise because 7.7 .7 to 8.8, it, it seems like a lot. But in comparison for their property, um, it really doesn't work out to be a lot. So I think putting into dollar figures is really, really important because it really lays out the difference in what it will be. Yeah. But then also breaking that down in terms of what that means over a 12-month period. So for $2.50 a week, that's actually only $120 a year. Yeah. yeah. And when they're thinking about percentages and houses, they've, they've always got mortgage on the mind, so they're thinking mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because 1% on a four $500,000 loan is thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. But they're forgetting it's based on a, a rent. It's relative, yeah. Now, Dennis, before I hand the reins over to you, I just um, just want to point out that, guys, if you want more scripts, uh, more uh, techniques, more tactics on how to overcome common fee objections, just like if you can match your management fee with other agents down the road, the Inject Grow series, we've actually done uh, a, a 10 uh, scripts. Um, and uh, if you want to go over to the Inject Grow series, expiredgrowthtraining.com. Now, Dennis, you're sitting in McDonald's at the moment. Have you just had someone walk in? No. Okay. I've had my McCafe coffee. I had a triple shot in this, just so you know. And it's still a bit weak. All right, Dennis, over to you. Um, so, Natalie, you know, what are some of the KPIs that you put on yourself for your rent roll growth? So what are some of the key performances that you're doing um, obviously, you love networking, so no doubt you're picking up the phone, you're speaking to those six sales agents, etc. But what are some of the tasks, mm -hmm. and tasks that you do to work on keeping those pipelines going? You know, those leads coming in. Yep. So, in in terms of um, what I'm doing on a weekly basis, I actually, as a um, a business development manager, don't don't have many KPIs put on me from the leadership team, like from my my manager principles. Um, Thirty a month is um, what they'd love to get, 25 is a minimum, so somewhere between 25 to 30. And sometimes they'll say to me, you know, last month we got 32. What did you do differently this month, Nat, that got us 32? Um, and I, I don't do anything differently. I only ever do the same things consistently. So making your calls consistently on a daily basis, connecting with your sales agents or whoever your top referrers are um, on a weekly basis and not always touching base just about work stuff. 
but just calling them or if you've seen on Facebook, they've done something or they've had a birthday party for their child, tech, like sending them a quick te text message to say, you know, happy birthday, give a happy birthday to Archie or whatever it might be, just making it more personal because then they're always going to be thinking about you. Um, then you've also got your on the markets. They're really important that you're continuing to progress them on a weekly basis. Um, and I know they can be a little bit daunting sometimes for some people and they can be time consuming to try and find the numbers, but yep. they're gold when you actually do get the right person on the phone. Okay. So um, can, I, can I add some of the KPIs that I'm watching you do? That's mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, of course. You, you've got your videos that you're doing as well. Yep. So that's giving you your online presence through social media, et cetera, as well. Mm -hmm. um, you're talking about happy calls. I think that's great. Um, if I could add some value, instead of sending a text, do a video and send it to them. Yeah, I have done that's that amazing. before as well. Yeah, it's a nice <laughs> well touch. Done. Well yeah. done, that's really good. And, um, and you, so you, your connections, obviously, so it's picking up the phone. So mm -hmm. one of the biggest struggles that people do, and you, you know, it was the first thing that you spoke about was your call, so well done, is actually picking up the phone. Because leads isn't a problem, it's actually people picking up the phone. So it's that's, that's the connection. Yeah, so yeah. well done. Yeah, well done. That's good. But I'd love to see some more video content coming through. And like I said, I'm going to spend some time with you, and all you have to do is buy me a coffee. Just wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Another plug. If anyone wants to get some good training on video text, just go to inspiredgrowthtraining.com. Go to the knowledge library. Go to PM Growth. Dennis, you did five email, uh, five video examples of SMS texts in there, SMS video text. So uh, go to that, check it out. And uh, we've, we've got some tr free training there right now. Actually did them at a hardcore office in Hamilton. We did. We did. We did in Hamilton. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. all good. Yeah, really good. Okay. So um, what's your next regional growth um, goal that you've got in place? And, you know, yeah, how absolutely. You um, as in terms of what next year looks like, uh, I think we're almost at full capacity with the way our team is at the moment in terms of being able to increase those numbers. So it's really important for me, the level of service I provide to my clients and the interactions I have with them. So I don't necessarily think I can add any, you know, 300 ideally next year. We're sitting around that 270-ish mark at the moment, but I'm hoping to pull in a few more this month before we end 2018. So for me, it's actually not necessarily going to 360 or 400 with the team we're at at the moment. It's one maybe considering bringing on a third team member. Do we need to restructure the so that I have more time to be able to be in front of the people because conversion rates, something that's really good for me. Um, but two, also making sure that we continue to provide that level of service. Cause I think that's what people, where people can maybe go wrong is they focus too much on the numbers rather than the people. Um, and then the people get left sided and then your numbers will automatically drop because of that. So for me, it's maybe increased slightly, but it's more important that I maintain my relationships with, my previous landlords, my tenants as well. We're really big on looking after the tenants at our agency. Um, we think it comes in a round circle. We obviously work for the landlord, but also sales agents, my own team here, like making sure that Mary, who works in my team, is 100% happy and comfortable in her role, continuing to progress her knowledge. So it's not just about numbers for me. It's about, I think, continuing to provide a really good service all round. Wow. Certainly puts a smile on my face, um, listening to everything you've just said then. So that's really good. I mean, look, to get an extra 30 properties, we're talking about two months extra on top of what you're doing. And um, yeah. I certainly think that, you know, your second year in doing the numbers you're doing, um, word is going to spread even more, Natalie. Mm -hmm. And I think that you will 
you know, uh, I, I believe that you will hit that 300 next year. Yeah, thank you. Great goal. Great goal. Yeah. All right, last, last question. Last question. So, Natalie, you're on. You're, let's just say you're speaking at the Inspired Growth Conference on stage in front of you with uh, business development managers, business owners from around the world. You've got mm -hmm. one minute. What's mm -hmm. the most important message that you give to them in in that time space? What would you say? Absolutely. Look, the the most important message would be to create raving fans. There's only one of you, so you can only speak to so many people and tell people how good you are. But if you create 50 raving fans that think of you every single time someone talks about real estate or property management, you've got 50 times the chances of getting... Foundation would definitely be, be the best at what you're good at, provide the best service and create raving fans along your journey. Um, and the, the, they, they can do the work for you from there. Yeah, well done. That's great. Well, uh, fantastic interview, uh, um, Natalie. A um, lot of good content there. What can I say? Very, very in-depth. Thank you so much. Uh, certainly a star. Right, thanks for having me. Certainly a star in what you're doing, Natalie. And it's, uh, you know, thanks. I know that you thanked us for having you on. Uh, let's thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, being part of the show. Maybe next time you might be charging us a fee. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, but it's always good to deliver really good value in these in these video podcasts. You've well and truly exceeded that, um, in Adelaide. Thank you so much. We'll just wrap up now, guys. But um, thank you everyone for listening in, watching in as well. Uh, thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Natalie. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.